Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demonland podcast. My name is Andy, and the JLT series is now but a distant forgotten memory that we've all buried so deeply in the recesses of our minds as we head into the final weeks before the 2019 season, a season that still holds so much hope despite a little bit of a rocky start. Tonight, I'm joined by author of that horror novel, The Great Depression. He has a weekly blog uh, chronicling the fortunes or lack thereof of our favourite football team. He also tweets about them a lot. He's our good friend Adam, a.k.a. at Demon Blog, a.k.a. Super Mercado. Good evening. Good evening. And isn't it strange that last week almost beating the minor premiers was like the confirmation that we were going to be a good side and now slightly losing to a lower side is uh, throw the toys out of the cotton. It's all over and start, uh, you know, start ripping up your memberships. Well, I was going to ask you, have you put your uh, membership into the microwave yet? Is it, is it almost in there or? um... Mid game, (laughs) I was very tempted, but I think it was a, case of Stephen May style white line fever where I just got caught up in the moment. I must say it's one of the, it was one of those situations where after the game I was able to just take a deep breath and say, I remember winning games in seasons when we were crap in the preseason. This time we lost games. I don't think it's going to mean anything. Obviously the injuries uh, and the suspension uh, are the more concerning thing, but I think we might have almost... Uh, got away a bit with the injuries. If if James Harms plays round one, um, and no offence to Jake Kennedy Harris, he probably wasn't going to play round one anyway. Um, so if Harms plays, look, I think we've got all, we've got out all right. Um, probably as as lucky as we can be. So I'm prepared to just write it off and start again, rather than uh, adopt a siege mentality. How much stock should should we give to um, to to the preseason games? Um, it's like if you win and you win well, well, can you take something out of that? But then if you lose the two games like we have, um, do you just then use the excuse, oh, well, it's just a preseason? I mean, yeah. I, I guess I've taken solace in the fact that West Coast last year were thumped by Frio by 10 goals uh, in one of the in the second JLT game, and you know, it didn't seem to bother them that, you know, in 2018. No, look, I don't think it means anything. I think in... In 10 weeks' time, people will go back and, you know, should things not go as well as we hope, they'll be like, I knew it, it was always going to happen because of the what happened in the JLT. But last week, we had a worse team and we did a better performance against a pretty strong team that got to a prelim as well and pretty much won the minor premiership in a canter. So how do you take that stock that you we rolled in a better team we put in a rubbish first quarter. I believe we actually played three players short compared to what Brisbane played with, which was all good. I kind of bought that as an excuse for about 10 seconds before I realized, hold on, our first quarter was actually our worst quarter um, of the game. So having the three extra players... Yeah, it doesn't factor didn't, in. ...didn't really, yeah, factor in. So, look, I, I think you can you can pick out whatever you want. If you want to be a uh, you know dumpster fire protest person then you've got something for this game and if you want to be an optimist you can just wipe it away um i sort of straddle the line between the two where it means that i'm a bit concerned going into the season especially because watching port and to be fair north melbourne had a, they think they laid about 20 tackles yeah, for the whole I saw game. That. they had zero interest in defense i'm not sure what they were up to uh but port still looked reasonable you it's not the lay down mazir i thought it was going to be yeah, two months ago, um, when I expected Port, I still don't expect Port to pot- potentially be, or p- expect Port to definitely be a final side by any stretch of the imagination. But they'll be in that bracket, um, and I think it's a pretty big bracket this year of teams challenging. So it's no guaranteed win there, and then we got a couple of pretty tough games after that. So it's, I think we need to write it off. I don't think there's anything we can we can gain from it. Uh, a couple of players really perform well. A lot of players didn't. Um, there's a lot of improvement to be had, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure um, whether I should be disappointed uh, with how we played or not because of everything we've said, but I was. Dis- I, I can't help but not be disappointed. I mean, they seem to just run the ball out of defence so easily. Um, they were a lot faster than us. They linked up a lot better than us. Um, whether it was linking up downfield or across field, 
every time they went out of defence, they seemed to do it quite easily. But when we came out of defence, we looked sloppy. We weren't hitting targets. Um, we were once again bombing it into our forward line. Uh, once yep. again, uh, T-Mac and, and Weed were, were spoiling each other. I don't know. I, 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 for me, it showed some bad signs, but I guess we've just got to write it off and see you know, what happens uh, uh, in a couple of weeks' time when, when, once the season starts. But I can't help but feel a little bit, not disappointed that we didn't win because I don't care whether we, where we finish on the JLT ladder, but I, I, I expected to see a little bit more. But maybe that was the, the game plan. I actually thought we're probably, on the strength of the game itself, very lucky to lose by as little as we did. Um, you know, I didn't think Brisbane were, were super, but I certainly thought they were the better team throughout the day. Uh, and it probably would have been a, a bit of a, a swizz if we'd, if we'd got up almost the, for the second week in a row, yes. almost a draw. Um, but I think morally that was probably a four-goal loss. Uh, but at the same time, You've got, I agree 100% with what you said about uh, T-Mac and Wiedemann seeming to get in each other's space a lot. Uh, I was actually quite critical of the forward structure last year, which is ironic considering we turned out to be the highest scoring team in the competition. But I still think that masks a lot of wasted opportunities last year. Uh, who knows how much more we could have scored, but the forward structure was still not great last year. Um, a lot of people getting in each other's way, a lot of like just bomb entries that, that offer absolutely nothing. Um, I, yeah, we did, you know, rack up the highest score in the competition last year, but what if, what if our terrible forward entries mean that we don't go forward and in this year of higher scoring, allegedly with these rule changes, everyone else starts scoring more and we've sort of topped out at what we're going to score at, then we're not necessarily going to jump forward from where we were last year. So I guess that's my concern, uh, having watched these two games. But at the same time, Tom McDonald played two pretty ordinary games. He still kicked three goals. Um, if he kicks 1.5 goals a game for the season, that would probably be a disappointment, or it certainly would be a disappointment. Uh, but you've got to work in. You've got to throw Melksham back in that forward line as well, who I think will, uh, will help a lot and potentially Garlet eventually, because uh, there was certainly very little in the way of crumb uh, on display on the weekend. So I think without looking at that, without looking at the side in its entirety and and throwing Viney certainly back in there, um, and Jones as well, um, I think they'll, it'll, it, it wasn't the best team we had. It was a good team. It was a, a very accomplished team, but it just lacked those extra... Uh, you know, cogs in the wheel that I think will really improve the team. Uh, and I'm still confident. Look, I'm again, I've never thought we've just an absolute certainty to beat Port, but I still think we should win that game. The Sydney and Geelong games, not so sure. Uh, I think there's Essendon in there as well early on. Um, yeah, it, we don't have we don't have an easy start to the end. We've absolutely got to... Um, we do need to, to get off to a good start. Um I'll talk about before we actually before we go on. I just wanted to mention if if anyone would like to join us uh, on the program tonight to discuss any of the topics that we talk about, you can give us a call zero three nine zero one six three triple six or Skype us at Demonland thirty one. We love hearing from other Demonlanders or other listeners to the show. Uh, if you're listening to the show live, you can join us in our chat room where you can ask questions or post comments by heading over to demonlandcom slash podcast. If you're listening to this at your leisure uh, via SoundCloud on demonland.com or via iTunes on uh, an Android or an Android post, uh, podcasting app, be sure to subscribe uh, to the show to receive updates uh, when a new show drops. Don't forget to leave us a favourable review to help more people find us. You can also follow us on Twitter at, Twitter, at Demonland, Facebook at facebook.com slash Demonland31 or on Instagram at Demonland31. Uh, you can also go, follow us on YouTube, search for Demonland Podcast and listen to some of the interviews that we've conducted. Uh, or you can just uh, join us at Demonland.com any time you want and chat with other Demon fans. Um, I'll go back to, um, we will talk about Casey before. Um, we had a couple of players playing that. Uh, by all accounts, um, you know, the three main ones uh, played well and uh, got through, and most importantly, got through unscathed. Um, I wasn't at the game. I didn't see it. But if you, if 
some, if you do go to uh, dmiland.com, you can look at the Casey thread for that match. And uh, Dmiland contributor Baghdad Bob has done an excellent, um, you know, he took all the Demon listed players and gave a, his, a couple of paragraphs on each, uh, how they played. So um, you did, you weren't at the game, Super Mercado, I take it? No, no, no I wasn't. So I only saw the, the, the seniors game uh, on TV. Uh, obviously, I was very happy with the the reports that came back on on the big hitters in that game. Uh, it was a sh- it sounds like Proust will be all right for round one if selected. Um, he had a minor injury, but he's uh, he's fired up. He's he's okay to go. So yeah, there were probably the the players you thought would play well did, and the players that were sort of more fringy either you know came in or out of the game or, or didn't do much. Um, Frost didn't get much of a a positive write-up on the on that thread, so it's a bit worrying that uh, he's the man. He's going to be the man, presumably, to come in and replace May now. Yeah. So uh, if you uh, have been living under a rock, uh, Stephen May uh, contested his uh, suspension, or he was offered a, a one-match suspension. He then contested that, and has since uh, failed uh, in his bid to get off, and he will be missing the round one game. So yeah. Uh, Frost is the likely guy to to get in. Um, I can't see anyone else uh, getting in ahead of him at the moment, despite what you di- what you said about uh, him not having such yep. a great game. But uh, we did thrash the team we played, so him as a backman um, wouldn't have got no. as much of a go. No. I did like Petty in the Richmond game. Like I think probably just a bit early, but um, I, I did think he showed some good signs. Yeah, I was uh, happy with uh, his contested uh, uh, marking, um, some of the intercept marking. Um, I think he's one that, that will play again in the resis and you know perhaps he'll get his chance at some t- some point during the year. Yeah, uh, and before Lever comes back, which is now looking more mid-season, you know, round eight, ten, something like that. Um, yeah, that might be his opportunity because should May not be suspended every two weeks <laughs> once he and Lever a back, um, that's going to be a pretty tightly held defence and hard to get into. Well, let's talk about the May incident. What, what, what did you think of it? Um, uh, did you... Uh, I, look, I thought it was a little bit silly to do what he did. Uh, he was seemed to be standing his ground, but it, to me it looked like, and a lot of people on Demonland disagree with this, but it did look like he did go in... A bit harder than he should have. Um, yeah, if it was against us, everyone would be screaming for the other person's yes. head. That's exactly the scenario it is. Uh, unfortunately, I've wanted Stephen May for years, um, and even I couldn't have uh, believed that he would get suspended before he even played one game <laughs> for premiership points. But when you recruit someone who's got a history of biffing people, then it's going to happen at some point. Uh, I thought first first instinct was he was in trouble. Um, then the slow motion, I kind of talked myself out of it, thinking that the majority of the impact was to the body and there might have only sort of been incidental contact to the head. Um, but once he got once he got the week, then I just thought there's no way they're gonna let him off. Like imagine being the AFL and and you know, you get to the you get to the last step before the season and you you let a guy off for a bump that decks somebody. Um, rightly or wrongly, I don't think that was ever gonna going to happen like we're not i seriously doubt that we're going to slap the cash down and do a jack viney in adelaide style appeal on this one uh i think it's pretty pretty solid uh he did something unfortunate um and a bit reckless uh, and it's going to cost him one game and it's probably only worth one game i thought vandenberg's in an ideal world i would actually like to have seen vandenberg get suspended and may get off if I was designing footy to say what what can you do and what can't you do, the stupidity of punching someone in the guts while you're simultaneously yelling at the umpire and drawing his attention <laughs> right there, yeah. deserves one week versus a pretty minor bump, but a bump that uh, obviously trips the we don't want to turn off parents and kids um, button at the AFL. Uh, yeah, look, I, I I was sort of, I think with the May thing, I was hoping that uh, he would get off uh, with a lesser charge. I think the fact that he hit the chin uh, certainly didn't help. For me, it's the 
what what irks me the most is the inconsistency of the AFL um, because we've seen this happen. We've seen worse things get off. We've seen lesser things get done. There's no consistent consistency from week to week. Uh, so, and I agree with you. Once he was up and got the week, I don't think the AFL on the cusp of the season was going to let. I mean, that sets that precedent that uh, you know someone gets done, they appeal and get off. Uh, I, d- I don't think they were ever going to let him get off. No. I, I think, especially when I think did Christian say that he said the optics of it didn't look good, and oh, if he's going by did the he optics, actually use the word optics. Uh, I don't know if it was the optics or I was taking that from Demon. He probably, Lane, but, uh, he probably the look did. of it. Maybe I, I think I might have classed it up a bit by calling it the optics, but uh, yeah, something to that effect. But um, and you, you're right, no doubt that exact same thing will happen in about round three. Uh, and the player will get a lesser charge, yeah. and everyone will, um, you know, go down to AFL House and bloody start effigies outside. Uh, but if that is the standard that they follow for the rest of the year, then let's be optimistic. Maybe this is the year that they'll actually introduce some consistency into their decision making. Uh, if that's the standard, then that's fine. But yeah, I reserve the right to uh, crack the sads when someone does the exact same thing and, and gets away with it. And we will, I'm sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. What, it might not even be round three. Is you, there a practice game? Is there an intra-club game or something this week where someone can do that? Well, I don't know. Can you can you get done for <laughs> hitting your own player? Uh, try. Uh, that, that's true because, well, surely you should be able to if you... <laughs> striking is striking. in soccer games. A couple of Newcastle players about 20 years ago started punching on behind play and both got sent off. Um, what are, you mentioned the um, the Vandenberg incident because um, I thought the AFL were cracking down on gut punches as well. Um, yeah, I don't understand how that is not a week. Uh, I'm glad it's not. Yeah, because <laughs> I too. think he's a, a really vital player now. Now that they've seen, seemingly transferred him back into the midfield from this sort of weird forward thing he was doing a couple of years ago, uh, but I don't understand how you're yeah, deliberately doing that on a player running past who's not even looking what he's doing. Um, I, I can't understand how you get away with that with a fine. Um, I can understand how May gets the, gets the week for what he did, but I don't understand how you, you get the week for that, but you don't get the week for just biffing a guy as he runs past in the guts. Again, I, it's not a big thing, but an actual bump. A bump is an in-play thing, as long as you don't completely bar and pick at the bloke's head. Um, whereas, you know, a sneaky gut punch on someone running past who's not even ready for it. I think that's, that's, you know, far more deserving of a week. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the, I think it was against, uh, Lockie Neal. I think he played it up a little bit as well. So, uh, dock a few points for the bad acting. Uh, but yeah, not, not a good look, but, um, our injuries, uh, is is the did you think the sky was falling? It seemed like guys were dropping uh, like flies. Uh, yeah, I think it was when Petraka clutched at his wrist, wrist in the yeah. last quarter that I was about to to just switch off and go outside and uh, have a good lie down. Uh, but then about a minute later, he was firing a bullet handball. So I was like, all right, I think we're I think we've gotten away with this here uh, because after what did we have? We had Harms, who. At the time, it was like, oh, yeah, broken fingers, no drama. And then it was like a compound fracture of the finger. And then it turned out to only be a dislocation of the finger. So that was a up and down roller coaster. And then there was Jay Kennedy Harris, who looked for all money like he was would never play for AFL <laughs> yeah. again. And yeah. then the next thing you know, he's walking around the rooms. And now it's kind of landed in the middle and he's out for 12 weeks. Uh, and then you had Smith hobbling around the forward line like, uh, like a 50-year-old. Um, and... Doing quite a good job, I must say, despite his despite his condition. Whatever was wrong with him, he wasn't stopping his goal kicking or his leading because he was nailing that. And then he had Fritch was yeah, hobbling around yeah. on the boundary line as well. And then, of course, yeah, Petrarca going for the wrist. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, but if, if Harms comes back for round one and if Fritch is all right, then no offense to Jay Kennedy Harris, but I think we, we got out all right as far as best best 22 players go. Yeah, it was um, towards the end when they had to keep playing Joel Smith and they actually, they had to keep playing Bailey Fritch as well. I was sort of cursing the, the, the decision to, to only go in with the 23 men 
Um, not from a point of view where the other team had an extra five players to choose from. I think there was less because I think they had a player go off to hospital plus the, yeah. the guy that uh, made decked uh, went off for the rest of the game. But to have to bring back on injured players, uh, you know, potentially for their injuries to get worse, um, yeah, that that I didn't love. But We should have done the hard wick and just played short. Yeah, he played sixteen men, I think. In, and uh, and look what happened to yeah. him. See, it was that that was a genius move. Everyone else was playing checkers, and he was playing chess. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's winning a flag. You know, who cares? There's four thousand people at Casey. There was probably about twenty five thousand people watching on television. I don't think any of us would have, um, you know, asked for a refund on our membership uh, if they'd sweet if they'd dropped a couple of players off at the end and lost by five or six goals. Yeah, and when you, uh, I guess, when you look at the, um, not sure if you got to have a look at the JLT uh, ladder at the end, um, you know, we did end up playing two teams in the uh, in the top six, um, so. And we were the best of the winless teams. <laughs> we were. We we ended thirteenth, I think, at the which end. Is, and uh... yeah, which is like being an AF, one of the AFLX premiers. <laughs> it's about as uh, prestigious. So. JLT was a bust this year, but there's no prize for the JLT, so so you know who cares. We've, like I said, we've had good we've had good preseasons and fair to middling years, um, and we've had crap preseasons and gone on to play good years. So the proof is in round one, twenty third of twenty uh, third of March, and the weeks after that. So I don't think there's any point getting uh, you know getting our getting ourselves into a frenzy now. No. Uh, well, looking at round one, um, we can have a quick sneak peek. Who who do you think? So obviously, uh, you would say Jones, Viney, Melksham, all come in. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Uh, obviously, Jake Eddie Harris is out. Um, who do you, do you think will play? Well, we don't really have options for small forward. Of Spargo's in the team at the moment. Yep. I guess Melksham plays that sort of medium forward. Um, in terms of backline, May comes out for that first game. Um, we're talking earlier, Frost comes in. Any other of the, well, of the I was, I'm just looking at my uh, chosen 22 for the season, factoring in injuries, and I yep. actually already had Frost in in the team. So I'm now I've got to uh, now I've got to think who I actually want to bring in to replace Frost. Um, so, so, so you you had him in, but uh, I had Frost, May, Jetta, Hibbard, Oscar McDonald, Salem as the back line. Yep. So May comes uh, out. Who come, who comes in then? Yeah. In, well, in that case, yeah. I guess it's um, you know, that do you go for another tall or or do you go for somebody else? Um, you know, there's probably no. Or do you do you send someone else back? Is that with Lewis? Because I had Lewis on the bench. So does Lewis just fit back into that defence? Mm. Um, there instead, um, and then you bring in a, you know, just whoever you need, the next best available yeah. um, onto the bench. Um, well, I guess yeah, it... I, I probably would have to have Lewis back onto the field um, and then just bring in, you know, the next available. I, I'm struggling to work out who we've actually got left at the moment. So, um, yeah, the next available player into the into the side. They don't have uh, Dixon playing. Yep. Uh, Ryder. It seems like they're saying he's he's going to play. He had an operation. He had some surgery on his cheek, I believe. Um, they're saying he'll play, but whether he will or not, I don't know. Whether he wears one of those Batman masks. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting, and and that'll, I guess. Whether Pruce is uh, available, yep. Mm. And obviously, Gorn Gorn floats back a lot into defence yep. and fills gaps there as well. So he's an option. And you've got Fridge. Like I, I put positions putting players in the traditional positions is just a fruitless exercise now. Like I've got Fridge on the wing just because I'm not sure if he's a forward or a defender. Um. So you know he'll be there in the back line as well, but he's not a defender as such. Even if he's in the back line, he's not a defender. Um, so that's, yeah. And I, th- I think he'll be played sort of as needed, like where where needed at the time. Yeah. I think he'll be moved around a lot. Um, which is a useful, which is a very useful thing to have, a yeah. player who could do that. 
Uh, what did you think of the experiment uh, to play Jaden Hunt in the forward line? Well, it looked good at the start, and then they kind of pulled the pin on it about halfway through the game, and um, then went back and you know had a couple of nice runs, tried to run around a guy who just was having absolutely none, none of it, it and yep. buried him holding the ball, uh, which which sort of set alarm bells off to me that you know people know what he's going to do, and I think that was a lot of the problem of after that initial burst he had that he would find that he just they would just cl- close up the lane whenever he got the ball and he wouldn't be able to do those dashes. Uh, so I reckon it's probably worth a chance with him in the forward line, but I don't see where he fits in the forward line with our best squad in. Um, once you put Melksham in there, Spargo oh, oh, has got the runs on the board and Joel Smith has had a really good preseason. So I'm, I'm more than happy to give him um, a run in the forward line. Um, in front of anybody else at the moment, in front of an experimental player. Like, I would, you know, go and send Hunt to Casey, although I think the VFL season starts about three weeks after the AFL season because why would you line them up? Um, Go and send him there to play forward for a couple of weeks and and really start to nail it down rather than throwing him in straight away into an AFL game. Um, He has done it before. He did it against Hawthorne a couple of years ago and, again, kicked a couple of goals. So I, I think he's got an aptitude for it, but I don't think it's as necessary at the moment. Whereas if we had another defender, uh, a mid-sized defender who we could comfortably throw in the back there, um, I think we'd be more keen to get someone down there instead. Yeah. I'm wondering if, uh, if he was taken out of the forward line cause they'd either seen enough or they didn't think it worked despite the fact he kicked two goals. Um, not sure what their reasoning of playing him in the back or if they were always going to do that, give him a half in the forward line, half in the back line. So Yeah, just just mix it up, I yeah. think. But, you know, I, I've still got faith that he can do good stuff in the back line, but it's almost like Fritch's doing what he did better, sort of playing that wingman halfback role. Um, so I definitely wouldn't be adverse to giving him a crack as a forward, but I just don't think round one, uh, I think that would be a pretty optimistic time to 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 do that when it's such an important game. Yeah, my mind keeps harking back to, uh, was it 2013 uh, when we played uh, Port? Port? Yes, Port at the MCG round one. Yeah. And the uh, beetroot-faced man <laughs> screamed abuse over the fence at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a mega letdown that day. But more so, almost more so than now, if we lose, we know we we still know we're going to be a decent team for a few years to come. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas that was like confirmation that to me it was confirmation that the coach is not going anywhere. He'll be sacked within weeks. Uh, somehow wobbled onto the middle the middle of the year when the AFL wrote us a check, uh, and that was sort of confirmation that it's going to be years before we're going to be any any good again. That was a a very dark day. Yes, it was. All right. Uh, well, that's round one. Um... Moving on, uh, did you happen to watch uh, the AFLW game? I did. I, I, I took an hour between the two to uh, just just calm myself and change my mindset between my uh, you know growing suspicions about the AFL season and the the fact that I thought I was going to turn on and almost did see the the AFLW side uh, blow a close game with their season on the line. Um, it was. <laughs> It was funny for anyone who's watched the AFLW team a lot. There is nothing more Melbourne AFLW than kicking one five yeah. to nothing in the first quarter and five and, points before the first goal, mind you. Correct, and almost losing. Yeah, and having to launch a, a blockbuster comeback. There was one against Frio last year where I'm pretty sure Frio got no inside fifties in the first quarter. Yeah, that's and true. And still beat did. us. Yes, it's true. Um, so you know, it was a, it was a really good comeback, and there was two probably the two best set shots ever in the history of our women's football club, um, from Zanker out of the boundary and then Cunningham to win the game. My excitement was tempered somewhat when I th- I thought that it was just going to be a, a in-out win-loss proposition against Adelaide this week, and then somebody pointed out that they were playing GWS and would likely rack up a uh, significant percentage boost. So now my understanding is that we go in and we've got about four or five goals to pick yeah, it's up. 20, it's 20, we have to win by 26 points. Yeah. So which gi- is it's given unlikely. I think Adelaide are the informed team in the competition. Yeah. Um, that's going to be hard. They've been beating teams because they can kick a score. So it's going to be hard to contain them. And 
if we don't kick straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we've got yeah. a uh, we've got a like a defence that can look pretty ropey. Yeah, which is kind of like a, a club trait, no matter what what level you're looking at. Uh, if the ball gets down there too much, they're going to score too much for it to be a factor. So I would say I reckon we're going to miss out on the heartbreak because I think we'll uh, either we might lose, win yeah. by nowhere near enough or not win at all. Uh, I don't think that performance the other day, decent performance it was against a half-decent team, even though they're bottom of the the conference. They'd be about... They're still... They'd be top of the other yes. conference. So <laughs> they're, they're still the fifth best. We're the fourth best team in the competition. Yeah. They're the fifth best team yeah. in the competition. Uh, but I don't think it's going to translate against the top teams. But they've got their tails up. So he's hoping that after two years of sort of falling at the last hurdle, they can pull off some absolute miracle now and get through to the final. Well, it might be another matter of winning but not having the percentage uh, to get into the finals again. Um, I believe that's happened the last couple of years. We yes. missed out on percentage. Yeah, so, um, they've had a couple of narrow, couple of near misses. Like the first year, Adelaide, if Adelaide, had, no, if Collingwood had beaten Adelaide, we would have got in, and they almost did, and then they died in the ass because uh, the Collingwood team has always been crap in this competition. And then obviously we know what happened last year. It was an in and out game against the Bulldogs yeah, and, we uh, and we lost a thriller. So I think, uh, yeah, I can't see it happening, but I'll certainly be watching with interest. Well, the most Melbourne thing that could happen is that we win by 27 points, but then there's a draw in the other game. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, did, I did think about that. And I, th- I think the, is was it, for the for the uh, the older listeners, was it 1977 that uh, the Demons almost made the grand final? Almost made the finals. Pardon me. Uh, they beat Collingwood at, at Victoria Park, and all that tipped them out was a draw in a game. Yeah, it was either elsewhere. 76 or 77. I believe. Yeah, 76. Be 76. Sorry, it was. I've just uh, consulted DemonWiki.org. <laughs> so it was 76, and yeah, it's um, all they needed was I think the top Carlton to beat Footscray, and Carlton yeah. was on top, and they ended up drawing. Yeah, uh, and putting us out, and it was straight back down the toilet uh, for the D's for another decade. Yep, fun time. So uh, good luck to the girls on. Um, oh, what day are they playing? I think it's Sunday. Sunday. So. But uh, don't please check local guides. <laughs> yes, it is out of Casey. So if you uh, if you want to get out there and uh, support the girls, um, yeah, that's that's where you need to be. Um, Target 70,000 members. Is this even possible? Uh, Gary Perth said, uh, I think 60,000 is, is the initial target, but um, he's not ruling out 70,000. Uh, I think a lot of things need to happen uh, for that to occur. Um, well, it's nice to have a, a stretch target, but I think it's a very stre- it's an extremely stretched target over a several years. Look, I think... You need to you need to have sustained success first of all, um, and then uh, winning a premiership can't hurt because look what uh, look at Richmond went from seventy to a hundred. Um, after because Richmond, Richmond were always even when they were rancid for the most part of thirty twenty five years, they always still had that big supporter base. Um, I think it's almost like you, you almost got to look at Hawthorne. Like Hawthorne were were so good in the eighties and then they still had no fans and then it got to the two thousands and suddenly it just went bang through the roof when they sort of picked up your, you know, obviously they started winning flags, but they got those real cult players like Franklin um, that, and Hodge and all that, that really started dragging people in. And I think that's what potentially we've got with your Olivers and um, hopefully Tom McDonald's up forward and things like that as well. So it's, uh, you've got to, you've got to have the success, but you've also got to have those sort of razzle dazzle players um, that pick up, you know, when people come to the country and go to the fir- go to their first game and go, oh, I'm going to go for that team. Yeah. Um, that's if you're going to get seventy thousand members, there's only so much, you know, there's only so many people to draw from in the Melbourne market. Uh, we're going to have to we have to become that sort of razzle dazzle club that Hawthorne did for a few years there. And it's not just uh, it's not just the players on the field. It's the personalities off the field as well, and that's why I think um, Max Gorn is the the best thing yep. to happen to this club um, for I don't know how long, maybe forever. Um, people just love him. He's a very affable guy, a very likable. Like he's just he's, yeah, good, he's just great free for us. publicity, free good publicity. Yeah, at every turn. Yep, yeah, and um, great bloke. Yeah. 
best things happen to us. Now, Robbo, um, not our Robbo, not the, the ex-demon Robbo, but uh, journalist Robbo, came out with his, uh, his annual top 50s taken over from uh, Mike Sheehan with that um, in the Herald Sun. Now, when was the last time or whenever did we have two players in the top 10? Never. It would be many a year. A very long time ago. That's that's one uh, countdown that I haven't actually archived over the years. But <laughs> you might have to uh, go back and go uh... back and look at the papers. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't think of a time when we would have had maybe after probably not even then, not even after Uze and Johnston um, ran quite high up in the Brownlow in the top five. Yeah, I don't think um, they were ever. I doubt they would have they would have uh, made the top ten the year after that. Yeah, and look, all these lists, um, you know, it's obviously yeah, it's all subjective, subjective obviously. Uh, but um, it is good to have, uh, you know, uh, when you're looking at optics, it's great to have two players in, in the top 10 and in the, you know, what say what you will about the Herald Sun. It's a, one of the, is it the largest uh, paper going around, uh, circulation? It certainly is in it certainly is in Melbourne. Yeah, so uh, good, um, you know, good optics for the well, club. It, it just suggests that we've got a decent team. Yes, <laughs> and that sounds stupid, but there was years where it was like, "Geez, I wish we just got someone in it, like number forty-nine, just to give me some hope." Now it's it's the other way. It's like I hope the we've got hope. I hope that doesn't get uh, you know doesn't isn't wasted hope. But at least we've got that we've got that core group, and the age profile is so good. Like you got Lewis, you got Jones. After that, Hibbard maybe in a couple of years, and he's probably got a couple of years left. And really, it's it's a list that's going to be together for a long time. So that's also why I don't want to just go head straight to putting my head in the oven after what happened on the <laughs> yeah. weekend. Is because deep down it will hurt me if we don't like God, if we don't make the finals this year, it will hurt. But if it's like one of those seasons that's full of excuses because everybody's dropping like flies and, you know, something happens and, and we just we just don't have the cattle to do it, I know that as much as I want to win a flag for Jones in the next couple of years, that if we keep this list together and we're signing people left, right and centre at the moment, that there's going to have four or five years left in them um, to have a tilt at it. So it would be obviously better... To, to jump straight or to at least maintain where we were last year, if not jump straight ahead. Uh, but I think if you go back into history, and this is just a gut feeling comment, like there's a lot of teams that have have gone sort of into the finals and dropped back a bit, then gone into the finals again. Um, Richmond, for instance, a couple of years ago, that you don't need, it's not just an instant success that if you just have that, you just keep going straight to the top. Like there is that possibility to just step back a bit have a season, a whole season of learning, basically, and then go for it the next year. Uh, but obviously, the the easier thing to do would be to just go out and go twenty two and zero and win the flag in a canter, and <laughs> then we can all relax finally for the first time in our lives. Yeah, that, that would be nice. Um, were you surprised in that list, Angus Brayshaw, uh, forty three, or do you think he he needs to sort of have another year like he did under his belt? I mean, he didn't even get in the uh, demons uh, top ten, I believe, in the BNF. Yeah, well, I think he's the. If they're saying he's the forty third best player out of eight hundred in the competition, um, you know, I can wear that because yeah. there's probably a lot of fans who have fans of other clubs who are going, "Well, this bloke didn't even get in the top 50. So I don't think he can. The third place in the Brownlow was was a good story, uh, but Brownlow voting is just yeah, like so discredited. Yeah, um, that it doesn't mean anything. At the same time, like it, it does recognise that he had a pretty good season, but I don't think that instantly makes him, you know, a top ten player in the competition. And sometimes his disposal is is a mm. he's untidy. Yeah, he's one of those players where it's never going to be he's never going to be a precision player. Um, but there is a bit of when you see you know thirty eight possessions, a few of those are just going to be grab ball, kick ball, and doesn't matter it does where a it lot goes. Of that, but yeah. Yeah, so the, just needs to work on the decision making a bit, like as opposed to Oliver, who is you know no player is going at one hundred percent, but Oliver seems to have the sixth sense where he can be going to kick in one direction and then just out of the corner of his eye, know that there's another option, turn around and put it on that person instead, um, at a flash. So I think that's the difference between the two, um, but definitely both vital cogs in that midfield. 
but he's also a uh, prolific goal kicker as well. Uh, three goals on the on the weekend. So, and we and we need that. Yeah, like like you've got you got Wiedemann, you got McDonald. It was too conscious of trying to get one of those guys to take an overhead mark on the weekend. We need those goals from the midfielders as well, and that's why I thought Smith was really good. He, uh, he led to the ball. Uh, even while he was half crocked, um, Petrarca, he's got he can't kick a set shot from close range to save himself, but he hit an absolute ripper from fifty. So there's goals to come from those guys. There's goals to come from Melksham. Melksham there's yeah. goals to come from Neil Bullen as well. So I don't think you know you don't have to take Wiedemann and say you need to kick forty goals to replace Hogan. We just need to find forty extra goals from somewhere, including Wiedemann, to replace Hogan. Mentioned uh, Neil Neil Bullen. I, I thought he was both in both games. Uh, wasn't didn't, didn't sort of perform uh, no, to I, the I, ability. I would agree with that. I didn't think I didn't rate his performances at all. But I'm prepared to I'm prepared to to follow the form from the end of last season because there were there were some pretty yep. rocky times in the earlier yeah. last season as well where I thought he was really on the verge uh, of probably being dropped. So it's not like he's got that that consistent where he's like a lock-in player every mm. week, but he had some really good form at the end of last year. So I'm comfortable in in rolling him in in round one. And if you know if it doesn't work and he needs to go back to Casey, then so be it. But I'd like to start the year with him. Uh, just back on that the list for one second. Last year, um, Clayton Oliver was pick uh, was number forty six. Um, so to come up to tenth, uh, I think he is this year. Uh, Nice little climb there. So then when you look at Angus Brayshaw, um, yeah, uh, if he has another year like he did uh, and like he's been playing so far this year, then I imagine next year he'll be a little bit higher on that list. But uh, Yeah, and if he kicks goals, if he kicks 25 goals for the season, um, that just escalates him to another level. Yeah. Uh, other lists, uh, there were just a couple of other top 10 lists. Uh, Gary Lyon had uh, gone... Uh, at five and Oliver at seven, Nick Rewalt had gone at number one. Uh, Tim Watson had uh, Oliver nine and gone ten. And uh, the Raw website, uh, someone pulled that one up, had uh, Clayton Oliver at nine. And Mick Malthouse had all our players ranked <laughs> between eight hundred and ninety-five and nine hundred. This guy, that guy hates us. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I don't understand. Uh, I know why Kevin Sheedy hates us because we didn't give him a job. But uh, I'm not sure what we did to Mick Malthouse. It, does it stretch back beyond uh, when he when he called out America a cheat? Like that was <laughs> that was classic anti Melbourne Malthouse. No wonder he didn't want to coach us after uh, after Bailey left and and waited for the plum job at Carlton to come up where he was so successful. Was there a possibility at one stage that he was going to coach us? It was. Was, oh, that, was that on the cards? Who knows or? if he was to it? But it was definitely talked about because that was, I believe, either it was certainly it was either the year he left Collingwood or the year. After he left Collingwood, he was definitely available. Was this? Um, but uh, you know, he might not have spat on us if this is his uh, attitude to Melbourne has carried on since then. I can't. I can't see us having done anything to him since that would have brought his attitude about Melbourne down. Hmm. He definitely doesn't like us. But, no. uh, uh, well, I think we said. I think we said it last week that. Uh, it's actually a good thing when he doesn't pick us because if you have a look at his record in uh, yep. predicting. Doesn't do so well. Didn't he pick, I mean, yeah, Collingwood West Coast is not exactly a uh, you know a big stretch considering they made the finals. But I think he had those two as the top two, and it was like what you couldn't work couldn't work Footscray and Carlton into the the top four <laughs> as well. Um, we'll move on from that. Uh, do you go down to the family day on Sunday? No, I haven't been to a family day for many many a year. Uh, I think my my daughter is not exactly interested in footy. Uh, she she did get into the end of the AFLW game when I was yelling at the TV, and she joined in yelling with me at the TV. <laughs> uh, and then the siren went, and she said, "I don't like footy because they blow a siren." So I think we're probably a few years off uh, getting down to the family day. And to me, I, this is not a comment on what other people do because you're all welcome to do whatever you like, but. If you don't have the kids, it's a bit weird <laughs> hanging around with players. Like I just would feel very uncomfortable doing that. So, yeah, I'll leave it to the uh, to the older kids and and the the people who are comfortable, uh, you know, hanging around with footy players uh, at family days. I'll, I'll leave it to them for a few years. 
I did 1998. I got the probably the worst photo ever taken of me um, with Jim Steins. It is one of the most incredible photos you'll ever see in your life. I just look like the biggest nerd in history. So <laughs> I think I might also be scarred uh, from the 1998 family day held in the grounds of Xavier College in Kew, which is almost the most uh, Melbourne that is very stereotypical <laughs> thing you'll ever see. Um, well, I took my I took two of my daughters uh, down for their annual uh, measure themselves against uh, Max Gorn Day. Um, so... They had a ball, but uh, I think they were a little disappointed. Last year, they had a few more uh, of those sort of jumping castle slash uh, blow-up obstacle courses that they didn't have this year, and um, I think they were a little bit bored because they didn't want to line up. Uh, they're not so interested in autographs. Uh, but yep. There were huge lines for, for autographs, so there's obviously, um, you know, people want to do that. Uh my girls didn't want to do that, so they were a little bit bored, sort of towards the end. And um, but other than that, look, like, it seemed like a good day. I, I wanted to, and I didn't try it in the end. They had Max Gorn's uh, uh, new venture, the the bearded jaffle uh, food um, food van, uh, but I didn't get one of them. I did get a hot dog from the Demon Army, uh, so that was a nice breakfast. <laughs> I, I'm much more into Max running a. Uh food van than I was the time where he was running a, uh, what was it, a carpentry company? Uh, it was uh, making tables, I believe. Making tables, because yeah. I was always just like one of those guys. Who was it? It was him, Matt Jones, and I think one of the kings, Max King maybe. Um, I was just like, one of these guys is going to saw his hand off. <laughs> like It's just, it's absolutely, it's going to happen one day. So when I found out that he'd uh, shelved that and, and gone into like cafes and stuff like that, I was like... <laughs> You know, he could he could lean on the coffee machine or something and scald his hand. Like, it could happen, <laughs> but it's it's not as uh, dramatic a scenario as him, like, lopping his rucking hand off uh, in, a, in a carpentry debacle. Yeah, that certainly <laughs> wouldn't be uh, v- wouldn't be very good uh, for him or the team. Nothing more Melbourne novelty injury than a, the, the best ruckman of a generation. Well, not that he was then, but uh, we would have we would never have known because he would have had a surgically retransplanted hand and never played football again. Yeah, wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been a good look for a ruckman. Uh, certainly not. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we? Uh... Well, I'll just go for the usual plugs. Demonblog.com. I've got my uh, my season preview up there. Um, lucky I held it. It was originally going to come out. It usually comes out before the preseason games. Uh, and I held it long enough to adjust the positions of your your uh, Mitch Hannons and uh, I was about to say Jaden Lever, Sam, what's his name? Jake Lever, Jake that's Lever, the bloke, yes. uh, in the betting market. So I, I, just a spoiler, I'm sending out Clayton Oliver's $3 favourite to repeat in the Alan Jakovic medal uh, with Brayshaw behind him at $5.50. Or for those of you who are adventurous and you think Aaron Nitschke is going to make a storming comeback from an ACL, I've got him at 5000 to one. My, for the Jakovic. My uh, one of my friends was telling me the other day he had a call from the club uh, because he, in previous years he had sponsored a player, um, and they were trying to sort of palm off some of the players that didn't have player sponsors yet. Um, and one of the names they brought out was the Aaron Nitschke. Um, oh, I feel bad for that. I wish I had the money to to sponsor that the uh, the lost the the, the sort of. No offence to them, but the the bottom people on the list, uh, you know, and just look after them and make sure they know someone loves them, even if he's not going to play for the whole year. Well, I have mentioned uh, in previous uh, podcasts that uh, we happened to uh, win uh, Maxi in, in a raffle. Um, when he had already done his knee, he was out for the season. Um, and look where that got us. Um Exactly. Well, if if anyone out there is from the Melbourne Football Club and Aaron Nitschke is still available, I will form a (laughs) consortium to sponsor him if he's still available and you need someone to sponsor him because I think we should show him love, Um, given that I've got him at 5,000 to 1 to to win the best overall play, which I think is the same odds I sent Heredia Lumumba out the year that he'd retired (laughs) but was still on our list. So it's fair to say that once you get to 5,000 to 1, you're really not likely to uh, pick up the most votes of any player on the list for the whole season. Well, maybe we need to start a Kickstarter campaign or a Patreon uh, thing and get raise the money 
so we can yep. sponsor uh, this podcast uh, in conjunction with uh, Demon Blog. Um, yep, we'll we'll look after Doctor Phil. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll do, we'll leave it there for for tonight. Um, unless you've got any anything else you'd like to bring up about the nah, days. All good. All go good. to go to demonwiki.org. Uh, we've got the we've been smashing away on that and when I say we I mean me uh, in the off season so there's about uh, you know several hundred more pages there than there were in the uh, in the previous year. What 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 are some of the uh, things you've uh, added uh, uh, I've been doing a lot of work on uh, the 70s. I've now been through every single edition of the age. Uh, from about 1965 to 1989. So a lot of content grab there, but uh, just random stuff here and there. Uh, pretty need to need to look at the 90s a bit more at some point. Hmm. All right. <laughs> sounds, like, uh, sounds like a plan. All right. Thank you, uh, Super Mercado, for joining us uh, once again. Um, we'll be back. I'm not sure what our schedule is going to be like, whether we do a pre-show before round one. Um, Live from a bunker. Yeah, well, I don't know if uh, I don't know if if we don't have the team whether there is much point in doing it. Uh, so, if not, we'll be back after round one, uh, hopefully with a smile on our face and uh, not with uh, the frowns that we've experienced the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, just after round one. All right. Thanks for joining us. Good night. See you then.